There are 141,000 words in the English language. Some of those are really good words you can use to your advantage. Words don't have to be big or to be more badass, my dear. You've come to the right place to get smarter with words. Right, right here. Welcome to the Copyright Infringement Free Get Smarter with Words podcast for Monday, November 30th, 2020. Post-holiday greetings to you and yours. I hope you had a lovely extended long holiday weekend. My name is Johnny Wright. I am your host for Get Smarter with Words. If you are new to the show, thank you for tuning in. If you are returning, thank you as well. And today's show is a special one, near and dear to my heart. It is entitled, Naughty Euphemisms That Do Not Sound Naughty. And we will talk about what a euphemism is here in just a moment. Now, many of you will recognize many of these, and some of you will not. And so please feel free to Google the ones that you are not entirely familiar with. I will not define these, um, except with some etymology, some origin of some of these terms. And these are sexual in nature. And yet, if, if you don't know that, then you don't know that. And so the audience, as you listen in, again, uh, adult-only audience today, it is interesting and fun as I go through these to, to figure out which ones you've heard or if you know what they are referencing. All right. Um, this Get Smarter With Words podcast is uh, where the pud-knocking dictionary stops right here. And today's episode, I think, can really help you sound smarter at bars, uh, poker games, prison cells, PTA meetings, and it is brought to you by Tempor. Tempor. Business travel in one click. It's so slick. Visit Tempor.com. T-E-M-P-O-R-E.com. I was raised by fairly liberal-minded women, and I was um, exposed to uh, sexual things at a fairly early age. My grandmother actually worked at a strip club, not as a stripper, but as a waitress. And so, you know, and that's just how life was. I, I, that's what I, I, I didn't think ill of it. I thought it was just natural to see uh, dozens of naked women parading through our living room. That seemed completely normal to me. And part of that, too, was the influence of school. I attended Cambridge Elementary, grew up in Cambridge, Iowa, a small farming community of 700 people in the center portion of the state. Mrs. Helland was a teacher. I believe she was a kindergarten teacher or first grade. I remember very distinctly a game that she would play with us. She would gather the kids into a circle, and the game was Touch Your Blank. And I I don't know if that's her label for it. That is my label for it. So she would have us all touch different body parts as she named them. For example, touch your ears, touch your forehead, touch your neck, touch your feet. And this is a game that was, I'm sure, designed to acclimate us and help us understand words and how they were associated with body parts. And the one body part touch that got the most laughs, you could imagine, is touch your buttocks. 
and there would be this uproarious guffawing and tittering, and that was part of it. She encouraged us to laugh, but it was getting over the idea that, that your body was naughty. It was only later, uh, and I think later for all of us in our lives, where we begin to understand, well, Mrs. Helen, there's a lot of naughty going on. So she didn't say, you know, touch your junk or touch your caboose or touch your hooch box or touch your parents' wallet and bring it to Mrs. Halland. No, these were good, wholesome names given to all of the places in our bodies that are terrible dumpster fires gross. Later in life, let me ask you, did you smirk as a preteen when you were around parents, teachers, adults, and they said something that you reinterpreted. For example, someone uh, may have said, uh, I had a hard day, or I need to uh, do a job, or bone in, or leave it to Beaver, or in and out burger later on. Did you find those things funny? The double meanings of things and the code of things and often your parents would would guffaw with you and, and oftentimes I would be sent to my room for days so today we are will be looking at risque idioms ribald euphemisms scandalous innuendos indelicate double entendres va 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 voom slang and some drug induced stuttering Plus tags. Let's break down some of the words I've already uh, covered today, starting with idiom. Idiom, definition. Words that, based on their frequent usage, have a meaning that cannot be determined by the individual words. For example, wrap your head around something. Euphemism, a mild or indirect word or expression used in place of one, considered too harsh or blunt when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. For example, bought the farm. Now, some of you who are more literal thinkers, when someone bought the farm, you'd say, gosh, I hope it was not expensive. For the rest of us, we understand that bought the farm means somebody got smoked. And for you super smart people, you know somebody got smoked means somebody died. All right? So, again... Idiom is a general idea that a word, um, that, that the word doesn't, is disconnected from the actual meaning. Euphemism is to mask a, the meaning of a word which is normally considered uh, harsh or blunt or embarrassing. All right? So the difference in those two. An idiom, a, a euphemism is normally an idiom too. And so words can qualify for, for multiple categories here. Another term, sexual innuendo, a sexual interpretation of an otherwise innocent uttering. For example, we need to go deeper into this, sexual innuendo. Another term, double entendre, a word or phrase open to two interpretations, the double being two, one of which is usually risque or indecent. Example, hump day. Now, I'm 56 years old, and I, I, I will go on Facebook, and I will see somebody post a, a meme of a camel, and it says, Happy Hump Day, and I'm still thinking of the other meaning of hump. 
do you do that? Even at an advanced age, for some reason, hump day is still a knee slapper. And last slang, informal language associated with a specific context or group of people. For example, bonerific. Now I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine that you are from another planet, but you are not a cast member of Big Brother. Imagine you are an alien creature from Uranus. You ride the spaceship pod. You have a hard landing in New Jersey, sorry, where you know very few words. I guess you are on Big Brother. The etymology then, this comes from the idea that if you are not born understanding the double meanings, the double entendres, the euphemisms, the slang, that words are inherently benign, neutral. They don't know. It's like a car. My Prius is sitting out here. It's not dangerous. But once some crazed fool gets behind the wheel, it's still not dangerous. It's a Prius. But you understand what I'm saying. Words themselves are benign, neutral. It is the intent, the definition, the implication that we project onto them, which gives them their sometimes ribald, risque, sexual innuendo sort of feel. All right. So the etymology, the origin of some of these naughty euphemisms, idioms, entendres, and innuendos. By the way, that does the acronym for that is E-I-E-I. Oh. 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 So here we go. These will be grouped, groped, grouped into categories, starting with farming in the Old West. E-I-E-I. Your barn door is open. Plowing fertile soil. Rode hard and hung up wet. Cowgirl style. And hung like a horse. (laughs) Now the etymology on hung like a horse comes from the Bible. Did you know this? Ezekiel 23.20 There she lusted after her lovers, whose genitals were like those of donkeys, and whose emission was like that of horses. So the, the Bible can be very, very, very naughty. Indeed, a lot of naughty stuff in there. As I look through these farming and Old West terms, it's interesting. Some of these I heard for the first time when I lived down South. For example, rode hard and hung up wet, I had never heard until I lived in Texas for a few years. Also, cool beans, which, okay, I guess it can be. There, see, you can, we can project anything. Cool beans is supposed to mean something is cool. Hopefully, like this show is cool beans. But then again, you can take it, you can twist it, you can do it, whatever you want to, give it that double meaning, all right? Next category, automotive. Emission. Rear-ended. Stick shift. Flat tire. Rev her engines. Headlights. Handbrake, twist the knobs, junk in the trunk. Now that's an interesting one. The Random House Dictionary of Slang says the earliest reference to junk in the trunk 
was from the 19, a 1995 episode of the Jerry Springer Show, which is where a lot of terrible things emanate from. Junk in the Trunk also started in, or it's really before that, in the early 90s in the African-American community. So colloquialisms, regional, amongst a, a, a smaller group of people, slang really comes from that. And then it becomes part of uh, the language of a, a broader uh, group of people. And pretty soon everyone knows that junk in the trunk, well, is junk in the trunk. Next category, sports. Oh, Scored, pocket pool. Did not make it to third base. Drilled, swings from both sides of the plate. Slide into home. Chicks dig the long ball. He can't find the uprights tape measure job, and knocked up. So the etymology on knocked up, again, from the Random House Dictionary of American Slang, and I think really every household should have this right there on their coffee table, first appeared in print in 1830. And it may have actually had a different origin from uh, its American roots over in England, where... A knocker-upper was someone who tapped on the window to wake someone up. This was before alarm clocks. So if you could not get a job, say, at McDonald's in 1830, you could maybe make a little extra jack knocking on windows to wake people up. Again, over there in England. So uh, knocked-up has maybe two pathways to how it got into our language. Next... War. Oh. Bang the drum slowly. The guns of Navarone. Hand to gland combat. Finding the foxhole. Gun turrets. Withdrawal. Battle of the Bulge. Armed warhead. And no man's land. Some of the war-torn euphemistic idioms, innuendos, and just a lot of violent stuff. Next, animals. Oh. Choke the chicken. We're continuing on a sort of violent pathway here. Flog the dolphin. Spank the monkey. Unroll the snake. Chick. Cock. Beaver. Camel toe. And humping. Now, humping has an interesting etymology. In 1709, hump was defined in the Oxford English Dictionary as a protuberance on the back. The, we all know the hump back of Notre Dame, very famous novel. In 1789, the Gross Classical Dictionary defined to hump as a fashionable term for copulation. So there's your hump day. Next, household appliances and furnishings. The carpet does not match the drapes. Bedroom eyes. Toss the salad. Ride the washing machine. Carpet burn. Bun in the oven. Tea bag. Fluffy pillows. Come out of the closet. Dialing the rotary phone. Carpet munching. And Netflix and chill. 
And by the way, you, I know you have many more to add to all of these categories. This is just really a snapshot. This could be a 37-hour show in 19 installments to really wrap our arms around all of them. The Netflix and chill is the most recent term. Um, well, you know, that's not 100%. 100%. Uh, junk is, I think, is relatively new as well to the whole idiom, uh, euphemism uh, sort of landscape. Netflix and chill originated in the summer of 2014. The person who coined that phrase is unknown. I'm guessing it may have been Netflix. Seems like a good marketing ploy. Um, young boys would invite girls to come Netflix and chill. Again, the euphemism double entendre slang to do other things uh, rather than just watch Netflix and relax. Next, Mafia. Oh! Rub one out. Great in the sack at the bottom of the lake weighed down with concrete. Next, Postal. Oh! What can Brown do for you? Special delivery. Put the flag up. Package. Lick the stamp. You've got mail. Next, music. Beat the drum. Tickle the ivories. Pipe organ. Meat flute. Shake, rattle, and roll. Now we've got song titles. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the sky tumbling down. She's a super freak. Super freak, she's super freak, yeah. And Limp Biscuit scores a is a dual threat. You've got the name of the band and their hit song Nookie. I did it all for the Nookie. And let's face it, just about every song ever made ever is flush full of innuendo, entendre, risque. By the way, the Earth moved. That term, the etymology. It first appeared in Ernest Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I have that excerpt here, and I'd, I'd like to read it to you if I could. Then there was the smell of heather crushed, and the roughness of the bent stalks under her head, and the sun bright on her closed eyes, and all his life he would remember the curve of her throat with her head pushed back into the heather roots, and her lips that moved smallly and by themselves, and the fluttering of the lashes on the eyes tight closed against the sun and against everything. And for her, everything was red, orange gold red from the sun on the closed eyes. And it all was that color, all of it, the filling, the possessing, the having, all of that color, all in a blindness of that color. For him, it was a dark passage which led to nowhere, then to nowhere, then again to nowhere, once again to nowhere, always and forever to nowhere, heavy on the elbows in the earth to nowhere, dark, never any end to nowhere, hung on all time, always to unknowing nowhere, this time and again, for always to nowhere, now not to be born, once again, always into nowhere, now beyond all bearing, up, 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 and into nowhere, suddenly, scaldingly, holdingly, all nowhere, gone in time, absolutely still and they were both there time having stopped and he felt the earth move out and away from under them she did not 
some uncategorized euphemism, idioms, E-I-E-I-O's, boy toy, the girls, angry inch, exit only, and last, back that ass up, which I think is also from Hemingway. Thank you for tuning in to the Get Smarter With Words podcast today, been brought to you by Tempore. Business travel at one click. Visit Tempore.com. Wednesday show. You've got mail. Why? That's Wednesday. Have a lovely rest of your Monday. See you.